Okay, seriously? I'm so delighted. I actually am. Because yesterday was my baptism birthday. So I was 15 years old when I got to be baptized. And it's been more years than I've been baptized now than I was not baptized. So I was 15 years not being baptized. And then now I'm like 17 years having been baptized. Like, oh my goodness. I still feel like it was yesterday, right? It's it's such a sweet phenomenon. Like every time I talk to people that are like, you know, 50 plus, I just talk to them and they're like, you know what? I still feel like I'm in my 20s. I don't feel like I, like inside, I feel like I'm that person still, right? But outside, my body shows differently, right? And it's such a tender moment all the time when I can just connect with these with people of any age, right? And we can just feel each other's spirits. That's how I would feel. I feel like Heavenly Father blessed me with such like giants, spiritual giants surrounding me, right? At the time that I was baptized, I made friends at, I was 15 at the time. And for some reason, a year after or so, I made friends with this girl and she was like, it felt like she was like 17. I felt like she was older than me, but she was like 13, right? She had just entered Young Women's and she was the kind of person where she got her patriarchal blessing when she was 11 and like you could just tell right like because she had this way about her that she just knew who she was she knew where she was going she took every opportunity she possibly could to be able to you know like fellowship and and bear her testimony to sing to develop her talents but it wasn't like she was doing it in a like overzealous preachy kind of like out of touch kind of a way like you could just tell that she was doing it with so much genuine sincere heart that she really had no idea how beautiful she was in her outpouring of you know like she was not doing it for show at all right like it was just her being who she was for heavenly father at that tender age of 13 impacting me as a 16 year old like who had just joined the church a year before and feeling like I was following in her footsteps kind of thing. Like I was just, you know, and that's just one spiritual giant in my life. There's been many, you know, whether it was the the boys that gave me a carpool to seminary every day, and they were just such Nephite warriors. Like every day, they were just so like, they were just like my bodyguards. Like even to the point where I would walk into seminary some days, and they, one of them, I was just so impressed. He was walking behind me. He's like, Jenny, is your skirt modest? <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. I don't know. Let me go check. So I go and check. I was like, I thought it was modest. But then at the time, I was just like, maybe it's not. If he has to ask, maybe it's not, right? So then I just committed myself. I was like, man, I need to go home and change after this. <laughs> like, thank you, right? Like, it was just like... It was the most flattering question I could have ever received from a guy friend, right? Just this person that I, I like spent so much time with all the time, pretty much seven days a week, five days in seminary, then uh, like the dances, and then the Saturday we would go to, I don't know, a youth set, like service project or something, and then we'd be at church on Sunday, you know? And, and to, to have him have the level of intuitiveness, to, to want to even think those thoughts and then to even say it comfortably right in a way that was just totally frank he wasn't trying to he didn't feel awkward about asking because we were close enough right and then he also didn't even feel like 
he shouldn't ask, right? Like it was just so straight up and I just love that. I think that's why I just love spending so much time. Most of my best friends were guys most of my life, right? Like, and it was just so refreshing that he could just ask that and I could be receptive to it. And it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I remember having become a member of the church, developing friendships with people who were members of the church and just like feeling that level of protection, you know, feeling that level of safety in, in God's arms. Right. And that he blessed me with friends. It even said in my patriarchal blessing, it's like, you will have friends that will be loyal to you. And I was like, Oh my goodness, that is such a wonderful thing to know. Right. Cause at the time I was feeling super insecure. I had just had a falling out with my major friend group and I had decided to d- just like change course from where they were going. And as a part of that, I was joining the church and, and it was, I was super worried. I was like, am I ever going to have friends ever again in my life? You know, I really wondered because I just felt like so alone all the time. I didn't feel like I connected with anybody. I just always felt like my thoughts, my ideas, my path that I was going on was just completely different from everybody that I knew. And I just felt like such a black sheep all the time. And you know, but every so often, Heavenly Father would give me that 13-year-old girl that was just so fantastic that I just thought, oh my goodness, she just doesn't even care. Like, she doesn't care how many friends she has. She's totally just focused on being on the Lord's errand. Like, she'll be friends with anybody the Lord wants her to do. And then that's what it trailed into eventually. I had to ask myself, I'm like, um, so what is even friendship about? Why am I getting so caught up with, should I wear these pants or these pants? Will this person like me if better if I look this way or that or whatever, right? And then getting to that point where I was like, Heavenly Father, what are friends even for, right? And then for me at that time, I needed to get that answer. It was like, well, what if friends were about ministering? What if, what if you became friends with the people that are for you to minister to, right? Like for you to notice and become a friend too, right? And what if you were to focus your energies on that rather than all of the outside, you know, great and spacious building friendships, right? That are just, that will crumble, right? Instead, like be on this iron rod, like hold on to the iron rod and help the people along who are, who are you know, trying to find the iron rod and, and go along this path, right? And, and even, you know, even being okay to be like, Hey, you're not on the iron rod, but that's okay. We can still be friends. You know, like I can totally see myself doing that because I I was not just friends with people that were holding onto the iron rod. There was clearly 90% of the people that I spent time with all the time were people that were not on the iron rod, but it was like, we had this mutual understanding. It was like, uh, we were walking on the same path anyways, right? We were walking in the same space where we were close enough to each other to talk. It's as if I was holding on to the iron rod and they were not, but we were just walking along anyways. They decided they didn't want to be holding on to the iron rod, but they were walking on the same direction anyway. So we would talk, right? And we would just intermingle and we had a great time and we had great conversations on this walk while I'm holding on to the rod. And it's just been such a wonderful journey that Heavenly Father's blessed me with wonderful people to be in my circle who are holding on to the rod and people that aren't, right? And that there can be just this beautiful, synergistic, loving human experience together as we're both just being, all of us just being travelers along our journey, right? And we can have this this love and care for one another that that kind of dispels whether we're holding on to a rod or not, whether we're in the great and spacious building or not, right? It's like, 
it's like, you know, there's, there's this description that's shared a lot about, you know, people that are, you know, going towards the fruit of the tree and holding onto the rod and then the people in the great and spacious building and people in the misty, you know, whether it's the waters or the mists of darkness. And, you know, as I see myself on that path, it's like, yeah, I know I'm holding onto the rod, right? But it's not like I feel like I'm like suddenly somehow better than the people that are not, right? And somehow having some kind of pride feelings, like looking down on them or whatever. It's like, no, it's like, I feel like a very, like, I feel such a deep respect for those people, for all the people, whether they're holding onto the rod, whether they're in the mists of darkness, whether they're in the great and spacious building, I love them all deeply. I believe that they all have worth every single one of them. And I care deeply for all of them. And it's kind of like this talk that Sister Corden, um, Bonnie H. Corden shared in this last conference. She shared about this special, you know, this sweet little experience she had with her son where he was having his first soccer game. And he's like, hey, let's let's be the goalie. You know, he's he was the goalie and she's watching him. And she's like wondering what he's going to do, how this is going to happen. She gets caught up with the game. And then after a little while, she notices and watches her boy. And, and there he is. He's tangled, he's weaved his hands all the way through this goalie net. And, you know, the ball comes in, you know, like just this experience, right? Where he's just all weaved in. And, you know, she just talks about this experience, how sometimes we're like that. Sometimes we get caught up and distracted with other things that we forget our purpose. And I just loved the way that she illustrated that sweet moment. Because it's like, you know, I feel like it's kind of like that. That's exactly how I see this. Like, you know, I, I see myself on this you know, path, holding onto the iron rod. And sometimes we get, I in the past have gotten really caught up with, oh my goodness, these people have left the, the iron rod. They're, they're in the midst of darkness or they're in the great and spacious building, right? And I get really like my whole heart drains for them. And I'm like praying fervently for them. And I feel like there's a time and place for sure for some of those feelings of like deep sorrow for the people that are choosing to become astray, Right. And then there's the other part, right? Where we can also honestly see people for who they are and really remember who they are and and maybe even give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, yeah, they got tangled up. You know, they're, they're being really cute right now. Like They're just being really cute and distracted, right? Um, and just being super immature or super like not, not totally like aware, right? And, and being super cute and unaware, right? And, um, and just leaving it at that, right? Like I know there's, there's a time and place for sorrow. And I also believe there's a time and place for a little bit of lightheartedness, right? Like even the way that Elder Uchtdorf one time in one of his talks said, you know, some people talk a lot about this whole idea of like church, people falling asleep at church. But you know, I kind of have the idea that church sleep is the best kind of sleep there is. <laughs> and I just, I just love that honesty factor, right? I just love, that's one thing that has always stuck with me. One of my favorite things about being amongst these people, because one of the major factors in me wanting to join the church was one time I went to church with my sister because she had been baptized and she was baptized a year before me. And I was just going to church with her one summer um, like a few months before I had chosen to be baptized. And I was just deciding just where I was going with my life. I was really raw. And so I come into this fast and testimony meeting and here's all these 30 year old kind of people, right? Just all 
just super sophisticated feeling, right? But super young as well, like young adults. So I go sit with her and I'm just kind of waiting along as sacrament happens. And then after people start going up, and it's just like testimony after testimony. I just kept listening and listening and listening. And every talk, one after the other, was just absolutely impacting to my whole spirit, my whole soul. And I was just so taken aback that there was people in this world that believed in wanting to love their Heavenly Father that they believed in so much that they would be willing to sacrifice their personal pleasures and their personal choices um, to, you know, like break the law of chastity or break the word of wisdom or things like that. But they were just willing to just recommit, recommit all the time. And I just thought, like, why would I ever want to spend time? You know, like, I want to spend the rest of my life with these kind of people, right? Like I want to live in a way because at the time I was 15 and I was terrified of turning 18 because that to me meant, oh, when I turn 18, I'm going to become like all the other 18 year olds in my community that just think that turning 18 means abusing all your power and becoming a drunk person or using all of the the drugs or, you know, like just becoming this person that has all these rights, right? And abusing all of them, right? And just like become totally slaughtered by, you know, uh, like so many choices, right? And I was like, what is this culture? I don't want to submit to this kind of culture that suddenly thinks that when you become a high school student or when you become a college student, you, you turn into this person that is just like totally pleasure hungry all the time and just constantly greedy for for your own like and just like eye for an eye tooth for a tooth suddenly and I was just like please help me like I was pleading to find any other way I was just so like distraught about growing up because I meant growing up meant growing into this culture that I was raised in where people were super irresponsible and super unreverent and irresponsible and just everything right and I was like why is it that like I we used to be this way when we were kids me and my friends and we would look up to the teenagers and be like we don't want to become like them we never want to be like them we want to be like the smart kids that we were we are right now right we want to carry that into our teenagerhood but then as at the time once everyone became a teenager I just felt like everybody was just falling by the wayside and I was like guys Guys, remember, we promised, we promised we wouldn't do all this funny stuff that teenagers have suddenly decided they're going to do because they've lost their minds. And it was just ridiculous, right? Um, But then I see these like 20, 30 year olds and they got it straight. And I'm like, oh, you guys, you get it. You're, you're totally taking your power and you're keeping it, you know, and you're doing it for the right reasons and you're, you're building on, you know, and you're developing your talents and you're just you're just doing beautifully with the power that you've been given, the rights and the choices that you have to make. And I just felt like so moved and touched by their inspiring example to me that yes, many people choose to leave the iron rod. Many people choose it. Almost everybody chooses it pretty well, right? There's like maybe 1% of us that don't, right? And here we are, here are these people that are holding on the iron rod and just just with these, these amazing valiant spirits. And I just felt so touched. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to join this youth battalion because seriously, this is where it's at. 
And so, you know, by the time my sister's like, hey, you know, if you start meeting with the missionaries, you'll probably have, they'll probably ask you if you want to be baptized. And at the time I'm like, well, yeah, because I want to be baptized. And she was just so floored. It was so sweet. She was like, oh, you do? And she was just so glad, you know, because she had joined the church early before me. And now she knew that I was going to join the church and it was just so fun. Anyways, so that was that. And now, like, you know, I just get to, I get to live my life, right? Like, I'm just so happy. I remember, like, the first times I ever went to general conference. And at the time, it was like, oh, maybe I'll remember one talk from conference, right? And that will carry on with me for the next six months. And then after a little bit, it was like, well, maybe I can remember more than one. Maybe I can remember these names of these speakers. Maybe I can like pay attention to the songs. Maybe I can pay attention to like different special quotes or, you know, different things like that. And like over time, it just became this like, I wouldn't call it obsession, right? It's just like, I have a dear love for all of these leaders that have prepared a talk for me to carry on with me. Like for the next six months, I have a dear respect for that. And as a part of that, it's like, I, I love to revisit these talks. Like, I believe that they really are. Like, I believe the scriptures are my love letters from Heavenly Father. And then I believe that the living script, you know, like the, the prophet's words, like for our day through general conference are like the most current love letters. So of course I want to like read the next freshest one, right? Like if I were to receive a love letter in the mail, would I want to read the one that was like a couple years old? you know, and reflect on that. That was cute. But like, would I, wouldn't I want to like open my new letter? Like, yes. <laughs> and so that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm so glad I could remember Bonnie H. Corden's talk today and her lovely spirit talking about, you know, just coming into the gospel. I don't remember names of talks very well. And I usually don't even remember people's names very well either, but I remember hers. And then, you know, Elder Uchtdorf, I, okay, so Elder Uchtdorf and Elder Bednar, they were like called into the apostleship the same year that I was baptized. So we, I feel like so twinsy with them. I just love them so much. I love all of them because they're all like my grandma, grandmas and grandpas, like adopted in to, you know, our eternal family kind of thing right but and whenever they talk it's just like I feel like it's it's right for me it's right to my heart immediately every time so I'm just so delighted to get to remember their words